very good morning to you. It's 12 minutes past 7 o'clock. You are with Susan and Justine. And as always now, uh, let's cross to Simon Marks. He's our U.S. Bureau Chief in Washington, D.C. for the latest uh, news. Hi, Simon. Hello, Justine. Hello, Susan. Hello. Thank you so much yes. for joining us here once again. Let's start off with the White House announcing uh, it's joining the EU and the UK now in sanctioning President Vladimir Putin and some of his top officials personally as well, like uh, Sergei Lavrov. What do we know about the scope of those measures? Well, we actually know a lot more than we knew about five minutes ago, because literally while I was waiting to come on air, we received a uh, an email, a statement from the U.S. Treasury uh, detailing the sanctions that are being imposed against Vladimir Putin and the Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and the members of Vladimir Putin's National Security Council. Those are the apparatchiks who on Monday uh, lined up uh, at that extraordinary televised meeting in the Kremlin to give Vladimir Putin full-throated support for his decision to uh, recognize the independence of Luhansk and Donetsk in eastern Ukraine that, of course, set in train uh, the events that led to the full-scale Russian invasion uh, of Ukraine. The Treasury in this statement says it is exceedingly rare for the Treasury to designate a head of U.S. state, uh, sorry, a head of state for sanctions. President Putin joins a very small group that includes despots such as Kim Jong-un, Alexander Lukashenko, he, of course, the president of Belarus, and Bashar al-Assad of Syria. The Treasury statement goes on to say that Putin has perpetrated horrific aggression against Ukraine, Russia's most recent actions in Ukraine are yet another unprovoked and illegal assault on this sovereign nation. No one individual is more responsible for Russia's war against Ukraine, the statement says. And of Sergei Lavrov, the Russian foreign minister, also withering criticism. He has advanced the false narrative that Ukraine is the aggressor. As the top diplomat representing Russia on the world stage, Lavrov has helped facilitate Russia's aggressive actions against sovereign states and enabled Russia to degrade democracy globally. As to what the sanctions in practical terms mean, uh, all property and interests in property held by uh, Vladimir Putin, Sergei Lavrov or any of the others in the United States or in the possession or control of U.S. persons are blocked and must be reported to the uh, Treasury. They're essentially freezing any assets that Vladimir Putin uh, and his sidekicks have in the United States. I mean, we don't know if they know where Vladimir Putin's assets might be located here. And remember, the European Union and the U.K., uh, has announced similar sanctions as well over the last couple of hours. But the White House was at pains to say that this is a move designed to communicate to the Russian leader fury on the world stage over his actions and an absolute determination to remain united uh, with America's partners and allies in NATO and Europe. One other bit of breaking news, just as we were coming on the air, there's been a vote taken at that UN Security Council uh, debate uh, with a resolution that would have condemned the country's invasion of Ukraine. It will come as no surprise to anyone to learn that Russia vetoed the resolution. There were 11 votes in favour, three abstentions, and the abstaining countries were China, India and the United Arab Emirates. And I think there'll be a lot of interest in that uh, decision by the Chinese government to abstain. 
uh, after coming as it did after President Xi Jinping made it very clear that he believes diplomacy needs to be taking place uh, to try and resolve the Ukrainian crisis. Simon, Kiev is under fire again. They're bracing for Russian assault, even as a Kremlin spokesperson said it was ready for talks with Ukraine. Yeah, well, the situation in Kiev, and it is uh, tonight there, uh, is awful, with President Volodymyr Zelensky uh, warning his countrymen uh, that he believes Russian military forces are going to make a concerted effort uh, in the hours ahead to take control of the Ukrainian capital and other cities across the country, or at least to advance their campaign uh, to do that. There was a suggestion floated earlier today by the aforementioned Russian Foreign Minister uh, Sergei Lavrov that perhaps there should be talks between uh, Russian and Ukrainian officials uh, that the Russians were proposing to hold in Minsk, the capital of Belarus. And the Russian foreign minister said that Moscow wanted to discuss uh, making Ukraine accept neutrality. Uh, in other words, to become, you know, kind of like the Switzerland uh, of, uh, of uh, Eastern Europe. Uh, neutrality to all intents and purposes is a bit of a fancy way of saying we want to be absolutely sure that Ukraine never joins NATO and doesn't get any closer to the Western family of nations. But before we had an opportunity to see where that conversation might lead, Vladimir Putin seemed to pull the rug out from under it, saying in Moscow that he didn't want to negotiate with Ukrainian officials, dismissing the government of Volodymyr Zelensky as a group of alcoholics and drug addicts and encouraging Ukrainian armed forces to topple the government in Kiev so that he, Vladimir Putin, could then have a negotiation with them. So I think at this point, those talks are almost certainly off the table. Mm, but U.S. intelligence, Simon, also, you know, fearing that the Ukrainian capital could, could fall within a matter of days. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly an intensity of anxiety about all of that. The NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg briefed reporters at NATO headquarters in Brussels today. And like the governments of the United States, uh, the UK and other governments in Europe, uh, argued that, you, that the Ukrainian armed forces were putting up a very brave and very strong fight to try and resist uh, the Russian invasion. However, he conceded uh, that the situation on the ground was very fluid. We know there have been hundreds of people killed. Very difficult to get an accurate uh, tally. And the tallies that the Ukrainians and the Russians are providing uh, don't themselves tally up with one another. But this has clearly been already a very violent onslaught. Once again, uh, in those cities with underground stations, you're seeing people in Ukraine sheltering in them as the Russian bombardment of the country continues. And I just think we we should just briefly pause and reflect on the fact that this time a week ago, uh, the French president, Emmanuel Macron, was still trying to negotiate with Vladimir Putin. And indeed, in the very, very early hours of Monday morning, thought that he had uh, brokered a summit between President Biden and President Putin to defuse the tensions over Ukraine. That is how far we have traveled in less than a week. Well, you know, Simon, let's move on to some other news out of the U.S. President Biden, now he's decided on his Supreme Court choice. Tell us who she is and why this is such a historic choice. 
It is a moment in history. Uh, President Biden nominating Judge Katenji Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court if she is confirmed by the U.S. Senate. And remember, she's got to go through uh, a confirmation process and hearings. She will become the first black woman ever to serve as a Supreme Court justice. Uh, there is a seat on the court about to be vacated by Justice Stephen Breyer, uh, who is planning to retire uh, a little bit later this year. Um, Judge Katanji Jackson, uh, J- Katanji Brown Jackson, uh, clerked uh, with uh, Stephen Breyer uh, at one point. So she is very much known to him. And indeed, he was present uh, at the White House today when President Biden introduced her uh, to the country. Uh, she is a uh, judge on the uh, U.S. Court of Appeals currently. She was inspired to become a judge Uh, by her father, who uh, changed profession, uh, had been a teacher and uh, went to law school. uh, And she basically said today at the White House that she sat uh, at his knee watching him study, uh, took a look at some of his books and thought that was all very interesting and very inspiring. She's going to be heading up to uh, Capitol Hill starting next week to meet some of those members of the U.S. Senate uh, who hold her fate uh, in their hands. It's going to be interesting to see how Republicans respond to this nomination in the days ahead. President Biden had consulted with many Republicans in the United States Senate, uh, not without you know, necessarily revealing uh, Judge uh, Brown Jackson's name, but in a bid to try and make this as inclusive a conversation as possible. So let's see to what extent uh, political polarization uh, attempts to derail her nomination, but she'll be up on Capitol Hill early next week to begin the case uh, that she hopes will result in her being conveyed to the court uh, in short order. Simon, let's finish off with U.S. markets news. They've risen after the Ukraine panic and also U.S. consumer spending has beaten expectations in January. Uh, yes, uh, the markets ended uh, in very positive territory after Friday training, trading. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up uh, two and a half percentage points. Uh, the S&P up two and a quarter percentage points in value and the Nasdaq up just over one and a half percentage uh, points in value. Um, they were definitely buoyed and you could see it in terms of the uh, the trading, the, the uh, dynamic of the trading day. They were definitely buoyed by the possibility of those talks uh, that Russia's foreign Foreign minister indicated might be possible uh, with Ukraine. And the fact that by the end of the day, there seemed to be less confidence in those talks happening, that didn't dent the market spirits. That's in part uh, because they will also have been lifted by the news that consumer spending uh, rose just over two percentage points in January. Uh, a further indication, the White House argues that uh, the post-pandemic recovery is underway. But look, I think that the um, uncertainties surrounding the future of the Ukraine crisis continue to suggest that the markets could be in for a bit of a roller coaster uh, in the upcoming trading week, because it is absolutely apparent uh, that the US, Russia, Ukraine, NATO uh, and the rest of the world is not out of the Ukrainian woods by any uh, any uh, step of the imagination at all. Simon, thank you so much once again for joining us here in Singapore, keeping us updated, and you have a a great uh, day, and and speak to you again tomorrow. Look forward to it. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Simon Marks, our U.S. Bureau Chief in Washington, D.C.